da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. This is a day that I've been waiting for for a long time, guys. I wake up every morning and I go over to my calendar on my wall, which is next to my bed, and I take out my red marker and I put an X on every single day, counting down the days until today. We finally get to talk about the circle. Woo! Yep, I know. Most of you have probably hit refresh on our podcast feed for the past <laughs> well, nine, 12 months since the movie was announced to see if we would be talking about the circle. Well, tonight's the night. And uh, sorry we didn't do any trailer episodes. We just yeah. we were too busy. We, we had multiple requests for the trailer breakdown like we do for Star Wars for the, for the circle, but uh, it didn't happen. So this is a movie that appeals to some people. And uh, apparently to enough movie stars, because uh, I counted multiple American treasures in this movie for some reason. And uh, I, I'm excited to talk about it, because there's there's been very few kind of blah movies this year, you know? Uh, yeah, we've been pretty been lucky year. for the, uh, the, the spring, winter even, and uh, early summer. We've been very lucky in, in our kind of selection of of what we've been able to talk about on the show uh until this week uh it's it's kind of too good to be true this year has been so far you know and it's only going to get better we got a lot of like dunkirk and star wars and guardians and spider-man and a lot of stuff coming out this um this winter valerian Valerian. uh (laughs) emojis a lot of stuff coming out this uh this fall you know for the oscar race and things like that we're excited about but uh we kind of got to get got to get through some of these. Uh, not every week uh, we can talk about fast, which is unfortunate. We've tried it, and uh, our <laughs> listenership went went down significantly when we when we talked about Too Fast, Too Furious for seven weeks in a row. No one liked that. I I liked well, it. No, well, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I loved it. Uh, but the and, listeners and fans liked it for their sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for the money, fans, by the Still way. Still haven't stopped wearing jorts since we did that experiment. <laughs> we were sponsored by those TVs that you would put in your in your car that had built-in VCRs. Remember those? <laughs> they were a good company. Those That sales team was like, you know, they nailed temporary it. product, but like really fun sales team. Knew mm-hmm. how to throw a party. Side rant here. Uh, the car and the TV. Remember that? when uh, The TV <laughs> and the car. Uh, when I was a kid, that was the ultimate. You know, oh, if yeah, you could go that's... on a road trip and you could have a, a TV with the VCR and you can watch, yeah. you know, Good Burger or whatever <laughs> on your road trip, you're you're in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Now well, they now yes. they have the uh, the built-in screens in the seats and things like that. And when you go out and pick a car, they're uh, they'll say, yeah, you can get the uh, it's got built-in DVD player and it's got screens. Uh, it's going to be seven thousand, but uh, it's <laughs> worth it. You know, if you got kids or something like that. Most most it's parents kill the resale value too, but yeah, most parents are like done. I'll do it. My question <laughs> worth is worth it, worth every penny. Why don't you just buy like seven iPads? That's what they do now, and just yeah. put them on the seats, and you can have a twenty five movies on each one. No one thinks of that. Everyone just buys the the car with the built in screens, and they don't think of the uh, the easy way to do it nowadays. But uh, that won't be me. You're not going to fool me, car dealers, with your scams. <laughs> Uh, anyway, 
Um, this is going to be a fun one to talk about, and uh, I'm gonna we're gonna share some some stories about this one a little bit later too that are sure to entertain or frustrate you. It frustrated me, but uh, we have a guest joining us to talk the circle a little bit later, and I'll be surprised if anyone listens to this episode because I don't think anyone saw <laughs> what a, the movie. What a salesmanship. Yeah. I don't think Here, anyone let me, saw it. Let me give you a reason why you should listen to this episode. If you're, if you're tuning in now and you're like, man, I don't even know what the circle is. Should I, should I continue listening? Fans of this show know we, we love good movies. We also really like when there's a bad movie because it's fun to talk about. So if you're, if you're a fan of the show and you've enjoyed us talking about Now You See Me and Draft Day and Jupiter Ascending and The Lone Ranger way, way back when, there's, there's got to be others that I'm not remembering at the moment. But That Wizard we'll, of Oz movie with Franco. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz movie that Richard just... Hated uh, of all the movies we've done, like, that's know, not even in the conversation. I don't think as as far as the worst <laughs> movies that that one was bad, but it was bad in a like a yeah. Disney kid movie kind of a way. Oh this yeah, is, this is Billy like, Lynn's long half. Billy Lynn well, like, is a if, different one. A different oh, story. It's yeah. atrocious. If you like that sort of content, this is I I I mean I don't want to speak for you guys and I don't want to speak for our guests, but I I expect that's what this is going to be. This is going to be a not. This is not a very good movie, and we're. I think we're going to have a little bit of fun talking about it. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> our, guest, our guest will be joining us a little bit later, but it would not be a Mad About Movies podcast without a little movie news, rumors, rumblings. And uh, what there's kind of some big news on the docket tonight involving the Writers Guild. Brian, can mm. you fill us in on kind of the, uh, the situation there? So, if you if you haven't been following the Writers Guild Association, the WGA, they voted I think last week to to authorize a strike for their union because they were asking for a raise and some new benefits and whatnot from the uh, movie and TV uh, producer studios and and their guilds and whatnot. I think it amounted to something like one hundred and eighty six million dollars total, um, which you know, like that sounds like a lot of money if you're us, but uh, it's basically like three cents for uh for what's actually you know being brought in for the studios and whatnot. So they went all the way down to the wire with uh, this this talk and basically said we're we're going on strike. They actually got past the deadline last night. I believe it's I believe the the existing contract expired at midnight. Um, and they but fortunately the WGA and the the rest of the guilds, they were able to come to an agreement like uh, shortly after the deadline had passed, and so there's not going to be any writer strike, which is huge. That's huge news for us. If you don't remember, yeah, we can keep doing our show. Gosh, yeah, <laughs> our team Seriously. of writers, and we don't yeah. thank them enough. We have a team, and we don't, we don't mention this. You know, we try to. <laughs> I'm going to go off the script here, guys, but uh, you know, we really value our writers and and uh, the content they produce for this podcast and. And uh, we, I mean, honestly, I don't even know any, I mean, we don't even see these movies. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to. <laughs> we just get a know, script that, every week that's a yeah, Richard joke. Yeah. Yeah. I bet like Richard makes a bad joke about the cup, you know, <laughs> and then, and then spell it out because I don't improv, you know, I don't, I don't go off book. Right. And so, uh, no, it's nice to know we can keep doing the show because it was going to be weeks and months with, with no episode. I mean, maybe, maybe some. We'd, like we'd clip we'd show or something. Maybe. Yeah, like yeah, a clip show or something. But yeah, okay. We've <laughs> been perfect. So if you don't remember, 10 years ago was the last time we had a full-on writer strike, and it it killed. It killed shows. Um, we kind of felt the effects of that just as far as 
a lot of very bad movies and some uh, some TV shows as well got greenlit or got uh, completely disrupted because of uh, because of the writer strike. Like Heroes is the most prominent example. If you if you watched Heroes, Heroes season one was very good. Season two was very bad, and and I would argue that it it probably shouldn't have existed to begin with. It was a one sh- one season sort of show, but season two is when the writer strike hit, and it never recovered from that. And there's a lot of shows that fell into that same category. And then you know movie trade movie the movie industry is is two three years ahead. You know I mean we we're getting announcements today of movies that are going to come out in 2021 basically. So it took a little while, but there was a I don't know, three, four years later, you could kind of feel the effects of like, man, there just wasn't a lot in the coming down the shoots for that six month period, basically. So anyway, so we avoided it. And uh, and that's good for all of us because we get to continue reviewing movies and hopefully watching good TV and not um, watching our favorite shows or whatever, just get destroyed by uh, hiatuses. Right. Hiatus I? Hiatus I. That is. That's the pluralized. (laughs) A couple little notes. Slash uh, trivia tidbits about the writer strike. Um, if it wasn't for the writer strike of 1988, uh, we would not have the hit show, which is still going to this day, Cops, because Cops was one of the uh, the only show that Fox had that didn't <laughs> have writers. So uh, that you have that to thank because um, it it uh, it stayed and had new episodes. Yet? Our cops retro. Oh, let's do every episode on. on I'm almost uh, through cops. my entire catch up. I'm almost through. Cops almost binge still, them all. Still holds cops up. Cast. You can see yeah. episodes from '92, and they're awesome. Still, like cops might might hold up better than any show randomly. Uh, you know, honestly, a cops podcast. There, there are worse ideas. Like we bring up this <laughs> joke. I mean, I don't want to do it, but we we'll just call it Bad Boys, Bad Boys. Like that's mm-hmm. the name of the podcast, and every week we talk cops. Just. Everything going on in cops. Like, hey, you see that guy get arrested? See that meth head? Uh, that <laughs> see the guy in the dolphin shir- shorts and the one flip-flop? <laughs> so we have the writer's strike to thank for cops. Because without the strike, maybe there was no cops. There'd be no cops. What would be, we be with uh, without cops? And another a little tidbit. The last writer's strike uh, axed the eventual Justice League movie that they were trying to do, the Army Hammer as Batman Justice League movie that they were working on uh, back in the day. They had everything right, and then the writer's strike happened, and it fell through. So um, now we have the Snyder Justice League. So uh, you, you don't know if it would have turned out worse or better than than the Snyder one. We'll have to see. But uh, it probably, <laughs> I, I actually, know. it I couldn't know. have been any worse. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that. <laughs> yeah. Could not have been worse um, mm. than that. It was but would God smack they just have been had, in the trailer? Yeah, and they just had P.I. on Piss Jar written, and they strike it, <laughs> and they had to just stop. And then they went back to it, like, what did we have here? No! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, wanna, I wonder who was cast in uh, the original Justice League. I'm, I'm going to look for the look for the cast list, but it was very interesting. What year was that? Oh, it was 2006? No. The writer started with 2007. Let's go. All right, let's see. Um, I got a picture of everybody on... Okay, it's got Jay Baruchel in there. So you know it's good. So that's how you know it's good. <laughs> he was Superman, um, too. That's the weird part. We'll see. 
Like he, like Army Hammer was cast as Batman. Like oh, he, okay, yeah. And Megan, I don't even rec- Oh, oh, Adam Brody from OC. Megan Gale is Wonder Woman. Common was going to be in this. Oh man, Common was going to so be Green Lantern, better. right? So in on this. Yeah, he was going to be the. Uh, yeah, Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. And play it, the invisible violin whenever he's hypnotized. Adam Brody as Flash. Common as Green Lantern. Uh, Santiago Cabrera as Aquaman. Teresa Palmer as Talia Al Ghul. DJ and, Katrona as Superman. Yeah. Vaguely know this. And it was going to be helmed by George Miller, the Mad Max Helmer, mm, Fury Road Helmer, George Miller. So mm. we have the Writers Guild to thank for that not happening. <laughs> Remember when Adam Brody was a thing? Oh, yeah. That was. That was going to be it. He was the next, I don't know if you could call him a superstar, but people were ready to anoint him. Like he was, he had so much going for him and it just, just didn't work out. Didn't, just didn't did not. work out. Poor guy. Okay. In other movie related news things, uh, tidbits today, uh, Ridley Scott has taken a crap all over Neil Blomkamp <laughs> and his alien uh, movie idea. That uh, he he had been working on. I guess it was a sequel to Alien. I knew it was going to star Sigourney Weaver in some aspect. Maybe it was going to center around Ripley in some way. And uh, he had been working on that for a long time. But, uh, you know, chappy sequels don't write themselves. So he had to take some time, really find the character of Ninja and what's-her-name, and just uh, just fully get everything that you possibly can out of out of Chappie, because uh, the fan base, they're surrounding his house as we speak. Well, you're building, a, you're building a universe, you know, you're not just writing a sequel. Exactly. I mean, it's the next step in the Chappie cinematic universe, so you you have to be a little more careful than, than one would usually be. I'm Chappie. <laughs> that was the working title. I don't, mean, I don't mean to bum you out, but that is the working title. I'm Chappie. Remember Hugh Jackman was in that? He doesn't. By the way, it's fine. With a mullet, <laughs> two sides. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so that's not happening. I guess the really- deleted scene where he, he and where he and Chappie do the confrontation from Lame is is pretty incredible. Before <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say another though, word, better, Chappie. <laughs> better singer than Russell Crowe, though. Chappie is. <laughs> Chappie was incredible. Yeah, Dyer Antwood yeah. would have been great in that role. <laughs> yeah. That was the one that we, you could. Ninja was mad. <laughs> Did you know that, uh, guess who plays Ninja in, uh, in Chappie? Ninja. Ninja, I know. I like ninja that. as Ninja. And Yolandi as Yolandi. So, so meta. So meta. Um, okay. <laughs> Remember when I had no idea what Dire Antwoord was when we saw that movie? Like, that <laughs> no. was, a, honestly, that was a better time. I wish I could go back to it. We did. Uh, we, we, we informed you of what they were on the episode. <laughs> Oh I my gosh! Super confused by that. So I uh, I was I was parking tonight. A little tidbit, a little uh, tidbit for the listener into uh, into my life. I was coming home to my uh, my place tonight. I was I, I there's an alley. I live in the in the kind of city, so there's an alley behind my my house. And uh, I uh, I was ba- I back into my place and, into my spot, and I'm I'm backing in, and there's this car driving very slowly down the alley. And uh, the dude was in like clown makeup, 
just <laughs> kind of slow rolling. And I'm not scared of clowns, uh, but I am scared of juggalos. And uh, he was one. <laughs> just this kind of slow rolling juggalo. And, I, and then he dumpster dived in the diver, the oh. dumpster behind my building in full mm-hmm. juggalo face paint. And uh, Sorry, you got to move now. I see. <laughs> so hope you enjoyed those boxes of LaCroix I left you, homeboy. But uh uh yeah it was it was sorry i had i have been sitting on that for a few hours and i mm. but th- yeah i feel like icp is like our version of diet word as as america we can't be outdone that's fair ha 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 they are we we have icp they have diet word so we're even <laughs> we're even um gosh neil Blomkamp, remember such hope District 9 and then elysium trailer came out like this guy mm-hmm. is gonna be this is the next ridley scott and then we saw the movie. We're like, that wasn't good. That wasn't great. That wasn't that bad, but it wasn't great. And then we saw Chappie like, no, no, <laughs> just no. Nope. And then they were going to give him the Alien franchise. And we're like, nope. And then uh, Ridley Scott made a couple of good movies randomly and made The Martian. And everyone's like, uh, please come back to Alien. Please come back to Alien. And he did. And he was probably like, Neil, just just step off. How about you step off? And uh, I'm I'm just glad he's he's into it now, Ridley. And totally. how many weeks away are we from Covenant? Two weeks away at this point. Yeah, two weeks. Can't wait. We'll do Can't an episode wait. on that and revisit this subject at that point in time. But so that came down this week. I guess the officially the Blomkamp movie not happening. Uh, did you any of you guys follow the the Fire Festival? Uh, drama I'm over the weekend. Broadcasting live from <laughs> Richard can't get back. They have internet. There? Was... They have internet. <laughs> There's internet here at the airport, uh, and I'm actually on Ja Rule's hotspot for a little better <laughs> service. So that that's helped. He's super cool. Ja. Richard agreed not to sue in, in order <laughs> yeah. to get access to the hotspot. So what? I'm on Ja's hotspot, and uh, no, I mean it was you know look, I mean it was it was a heck of a time. I mean I think it was. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I was thinking about Firefest. you know, there's, uh, there was, you know, there was Woodstock, uh, and then there was Woodstock 99. So I'm excited for Firefest 2039. <laughs> See how yep. it's even worse. Cause like Limp Biscuit was at Woodstock 99. Mm. I mean, in, the, the in, better Woodstock in the defense yeah, of the, uh, of the people that, that went to Firefest. I mean, you see an ad on Instagram and it says, it's only twelve thousand dollars to be on an island with Jaw Rule. Where do I sign up, dude? So I those know people kind of deserve what they had. No, you don't. I know. I do. One of uh, Sarah's uh, coworkers. Sarah's your girlfriend. He, Sarah's my girlfriend. One of her coworkers uh, is a a young uh, young woman and younger than us. And uh, she went. She like, I, and Sarah told me she's going to this music festival in the Bahamas, and then the Firefest stuff hit, and um, and I didn't put two and two together. And then on Saturday night, Sarah was like, "Oh yeah, she's at Firefest," and I was like, "What?" And so the girl got back like today. I think she she ended up like leaving immediately and just going and camping out in Miami as quickly as she could get out of there. But I will. I'm gonna like go buy her a glass of wine and and grill her. So maybe by next episode, I'll have a full report. Uh, from maybe I'll bring a uh my recorder on my phone and and interview her proper about the Firefest experience. Well, all I know is it's going to make the best slash worst documentary of all time. I can't wait to see <laughs> some of the footage coming out of that place. I'm sure it, it's going to be great. There's already been some great write ups about 
stuff that happened. But all that to say, in an unrelated note, Firefest just happened to happen this past weekend and the, the whole drama. Just just if you don't know what happened, just go to Twitter, hashtag Firefest, F Y R E Fest. The problem, Man, yeah, Robert obviously, Stone. yeah. I really thought it was Fry Fest for a long time because I'm <laughs> I'm old, but I I really thought it was going to be shout out to Matt Fry, big shout to Matt yeah. Fry and his brother, uh, mm. whose name Channing, I don't know, Channing important. Fry. Yeah, yeah. I would be much more interested in Channing Fry Fest, honestly. <laughs> I'm I'm just a lot of mid rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of Bible reading. A lot of three you're, you're appealing That's to millennials it. here. It could have just been the fire emoji and then fest right afterwards. <laughs> yeah. that, that would have yeah. probably worked better. But uh, all that to say, uh, Seth Rogen and Yorma Tacone and the Lonely mm, Island, the, the folks, are friends, working on friends of, the pod. friends of the Pod. Shout out, shouts uh, to those guys. But the Lonely Island and, and Seth Rogen working on a movie about a music festival that goes horribly, horribly wrong. And this was unrelated. This was already in development before this weekend, but I'm sure they got a lot of great fun ideas for the movie. <laughs> and so it'll be another year or two before we see that come to fruition. But uh, you couldn't have paid for marketing like that, right? <laughs> Everyone's oh going to... It's just perfect. Just yeah. remember the trailer. It's going to say, you heard about Firefest. Well, this one was even worse, you know? Gosh. And uh, I, got, I can't wait for this movie. Same. My favorite Saturday Night Live bit of the last decade, they did a running bit two or three times. Uh, it was Sudeikis, I think, was the main guy. And he, it, was a, it was the Kickspit Music Festival, and it was oh just a, absurd. Just all these insane things. Oh, it was Horatio and Sudeikis. Juggalos. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, Sude- and Bobby Moynihan played a, a no, particular yeah, Moynihan. character. I'm sorry, I it said Horatio. Always- Amy <laughs> yeah, Power did it. They're at the one same. Point, it's fine. It was my it was my all time favorite bit. Uh, just these ridiculous band names and the stuff and Dirk that happens. Nowitzki in. Shoots Dirk Nowitzki shoots with a paintball gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just truly, I kept it on my DVR for years and my favorite series of my favorite bits. So this is uh, I can't I kind of can't wait for Lonely Island's take on that and Seth Rogen and and now having Firefest to work from. Like, oh, what a perfect storm! Man, I'm excited about that. They, Lonely Island people. They did the the um, pop star movie last year. Was that mm-hmm. last year or two years ago? It was. It was last year. It was last year? God, it feels like mm-hmm. forever ago. Um, man, they do some of the best uh, Hollywood satire out there, for sure. That was no one sees it, though, unfortunately. Genius. Yeah, no one, no one gets it. No one, no one cares or no one understands I mean, their humor. But later on, I know, but it's like, the, I don't know why those guys can't sell a movie in the theaters. It's not, the marketing's always solid, and I'm always like, I'm all in. McGruber... And then Popstar, and then they both didn't... I mean, they, they catch on later, but... Uh, yeah, it's so weird to me. They're so Those guys are so funny. They are. They're, they're the bomb. Uh, before we move on, uh, we're going to have our guests join us here to talk to Circle here in a second. But speaking of Yorma, speaking of those people, um, we've recommended a show on the show, on our show, uh, several times, The Last Man on Earth on Fox. And uh, it, yeah. it's got our, our friend of the show again, Will Forte, stars in it, and uh, Chris Lord and uh, Phil Miller, or vice versa, Lord and Miller have <laughs> yeah. uh, Phil Miller. Phil, no, Phil Miller is the name of the uh, name of the character uh, on the show. His name of Forte's character on the show. Yeah, so it's, that's right. Um, 
So those guys are behind it, and uh, it's on the bubble at Fox. So if you have never seen the show The Last Man on Earth, go DVR it. Go watch mm-hmm. it on Hulu. Do all you can to keep it on the air because it's very funny, and uh, we need funny shows on TV, and we don't want to have to suffer through a ton of pilots like we always do trying to find something that's at least decent. Uh, it's more than decent, and it's very. it's got a lot of great cameos, and uh, and Forte is just next-level funny in it. Gosh. And uh, I'll be disappointed if if it if it gets canceled. I want it to go out on its own terms, if possible. So mm-hmm. uh, this I is a, this is a PSA. I agree with you, uh, but also maybe we should all boycott it because then MacGruber two. So I mean, just it's kind of like <laughs> MacGruber no, two no, is happening. Should, I know, I know, but it would speed it up because Forte would have nothing else to do. But no, we want him, We love this show, and it's so funny, mm-hmm. and uh, we love Forte. It's such a passion project of his, and. Uh, and watch it. Yeah, it's go watch on demand tonight. Just watch a couple episodes and enjoy the yeah. laughter and the and the silliness of it. And uh and it's not necessarily appropriate for like small children, but I would say like tweens and up really mm-hmm. think it's funny. So like it might be appropriate for like, I don't know, twelve or thirteen and up. I don't know. I I, I, I I'm I don't have children, so I'm a bad gauge of this, but I know the kids I've been around like really think it's silly and funny. It's a silly show, yeah. so so Coop loves have... it, so any kid is fine. Just just watch the show. That's important. Exactly. Okay. Cool. It's already had three seasons. Yeah, uh, which is a crazy. Which is, that's kind which of crazy awesome. to think about. Yeah, but I I think you could you could have a fourth, and I, I totally. can tell it's going somewhere big. Like they mm-hmm. know how it's going to end. They're just kind of waiting for that. So again, I want it to go out on its own terms. And yeah, if if a show starring Forte gets canceled, then the odds of Forte getting another sitcom on his own are going to decrease. So we want this to succeed mm-hmm. because that means more Forte and possibly MacGruber, the TV show on Netflix, which we are all <laughs> hoping will be a thing. The animated series. Yeah. No, just MacGruber the show. Just, yeah, yeah just don't MacGruber animate. On Netflix, so so that there are 14 episodes at once that just come on Netflix and we're all going to be... I wouldn't sleep until I saw them all four times. <laughs> They're each an hour long, too, so it's 14 hours of <laughs> MacGruber, the Groobs. Um, okay, so let's take a little break here and uh, let the sponsors do their thing and welcome Thanks, in our guys. guest and talk the circle. Boom. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. 
They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right. So we are joined by our guest this week, Andrew Bowman. What's up, Andrew? Hey, guys. Uh, not much. Not much. Uh, we see that you made it here in one mm-hmm. piece. Didn't think uh, we were kind of worried about you. I mean, you chose to come on for this episode, and we didn't know what to expect. I'm sure you kind of knew what to expect to some extent, but uh, we see that you are, in fact, still here with us. So we're thankful That's right. for that. We're thankful. Yeah. Good. Well, we're going to ask you two questions, and then we're going to get on with our review of The Circle. We ask everybody that comes on the show a few questions just to kind of get to know them and for the listener to kind of get to know you. And so the first question is, have you seen Now You See Me? Uh, well, so I do this thing where I decide to see a movie without any media on it. You know, uh, a few months in advance, I'll read a like a, a one word thing and that movie will draw my attention so much that I will decide, OK, I am going to buy tickets to this movie as soon as I can. I'm not going to look at any trailers. Nothing. And yeah, I love heist movies. Who doesn't? Right. Heist movies plus Woody Harrelson plus Mark Ruffalo. I was pretty much sold. Um, mm-hmm. So I convinced all my friends to go oh, with no. me to see. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, to see former friends. You mean former friends? Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, they they should be after this, but (laughs) they used to be. They used to be Andrew's eleven, but now they're Andrew. (laughs) Well, it gets better because opening night, I have my ticket bought. I get sick. I can't go. Oh my gosh! All my friends, yeah, text me afterwards, dude. You missed a great movie. It was awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Until you disown them, and now you're here. So, good, uh, good to be here. Yeah, yeah. But I, we ended up, they ended up convincing me to pay for another ticket and go see it. So, that movie took two. Oh. Two man. movie tickets oh. from me. And, uh, wow. Yeah, that's 25 bucks I'll never get back. <laughs> wow. And the only other yeah. question I have for you, Andrew, is have you seen MacGruber? Yes, uh, it's your guys' uh, fault. I saw MacGruber. It was great. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you can yeah. stay on for the rest of the episode. That's usually <laughs> where we cut people off and and never mm-hmm. allow them on again, but but you pass the test. Okay. Right. Well, before we get started here, um, we had an interesting experience seeing this movie. At least Brian did. I did. <laughs> um, I did. I did as well. I know where you're going. We, we often was... like to talk on the show about, you know, what we liked and didn't like about the movie, but 
we like to talk about the movie going experience, right? We like to talk about movie pet peeves, movie etiquette, if you will. And <laughs> I, the, the lack of movie etiquette that I saw in my uh, screening of The Circle, if I, you could even call it that, uh, The Circle, was staggering. But uh, Brian actually started it off. So Brian saw this movie, I think, early in the day. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, I took a vacation day, man. Yeah, how about that? What a day! Oh my God, that's what sadder a than Andrew's day. story. Yeah. That's sadder yeah. than Andrew's heist yeah. movie story. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm, what a fun time! Vacation day. They don't wow. tell you about this at podcast school, guys. This is uh, this is the dark side of this business. <laughs> Did you get to tell everybody the next day where you were on your vacation day? I well, I called in sorry. sick today too, so I was just like, <laughs> I can't do it, man. I, I'm pretty had a pretty rough day. So that's yeah. hilarious. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. So Brian actually uh, saw it early in the day. Richard and I are doing whatever we were doing, and Brian texted us and said, I'm "We were at a, we were at a picnic together. We, we were, were picnicking, <laughs> yeah, frolicking, and yeah. Uh, it was good. Time. We do that monthly. Well, I mean, yeah. during seasonally. I mean, when the weather's nice, Kent and I tend to picnic and just kind of, you know, just talk about each other's lives. And Richard, like anyway, always, Richard always brings a fresh baguette, and I appreciate that. <laughs> he's, he's From the really, Boris Diaw collection. Yeah. Baguette. <laughs> he makes the best. His bread shop's <laughs> superior. And um, Brian texts us and says, I'm in the theater by myself, and uh, literally by myself, and some dude walked in and sat, what, right next to you? Two, yeah, two seats down for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two seats. Look, and it's, here's, the, here's the thing that really hacked me off. It's a reserved seat theater. So <laughs> I bought my ticket the night before and so and i was the first per obviously since i was the only other person in this terrible movie i'm the first and the only seat that's reserved this guy bought a seat two seats next to me knowing full well that oh yeah this is where another human's gonna be that's where i'm gonna sit i was bro he's at the circle at like three in the afternoon (laughs) on a friday he needs another person (laughs) that might have been his his uh thinking it was I was I was angry. I was very angry. I literally I just stared at him. Then I got up and moved to another seat, like a different row. I was like, don't <laughs> don't do this. Like, I I made it very clear that it was about him, not me, as well. Good. So all that to say, theater etiquette. You don't sit if you're the only person in the theater, and uh, there's one other person in there. You don't sit near them. You don't sit on their row. You don't even sit on the row behind them. You sit yeah. at least three rows behind them. You, you got to have common courtesy when people are trying to enjoy themselves. And so all that to say, later in the day, uh, I got off work, actually took my credit card out of my wallet, inserted it <laughs> into the machine, and then actual money was deducted from my bank account <laughs> to see the circle. Uh, t- $10 to be exact to see the circle. That's on your record for the rest and of your life. It, it, you're exactly right, Brian. And I have a feeling, you know, like I'm going to get to heaven and the I'm going to be at the pearly gates and God's going to be like, uh, well, everything looks great, Kent, but it looks <laughs> like you on May the 2nd, you saw the circle. I'm like, that's not, that's not true. Well, according to your credit card statement, it says right here oh, that uh, you definitely saw the circle on, I, I don't know what you're talking. So yeah, yeah that's but I just bought a ticket to the circle so I could sneak into an R-rated movie. Is that <laughs> exactly. That would probably be more acceptable. So actual <laughs> money was spent for me to go see this. And, uh, I go to like an eight o'clock showing on a Monday night in, you know, not a big theater, kind of one of the, the smaller theaters around us. And 
I'm the only one in there. Uh, it's eight <laughs> o'clock. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm watching the trailer to who knows, uh, diary of a wimpy kid or whatever they're showing before the movie. And 10 minutes into the movie, two people walk in and, uh, they come in, they probably were there to actually see the circle. Uh, I was there for business and I I told them that I made that clear when they came in. I was like, I'm here for business. I'm only here for business. And, uh, guess where they sat, Brian? I'm sure just right next to you. Directly behind me. Like put their feet on my seat. And this is a 300 seat theater. This is the biggest theater in the whole like theater place. Right. Let's talk about that manager, by the way. What? How did you think the circle was going to do? Right. But I digress. Yeah. I just got to thinking like if it wasn't for me and, you know, I guess those people, (laughs) no one would have seen that movie. Do they even show movies when no one, when no one sees them? They don't even bother like firing up the projector at that point. I don't think I so. have had this happen recently. I went to see this is another aside because we don't want to talk about the circle. I, I went to see um gosh, I think it was I think it was Lion. Either Lion or Loving, one of those two that were awardsy sort of movies right before the Oscars, and it was the last showing on the last day that it was available. And I got out there and bought my ticket. And when I walked in, the guy was like, uh, we already deleted the movie, so we're not showing it anymore. That was a real thing that he told me. We deleted the movie. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, that was, I that happened, know it's actually happened it. to me before. Um, remember that movie, Sanctum? Remember Sanctum? <laughs> nope. Yeah. But yes. It yes, was like the, cave diving uh, or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Underwater yeah. caves or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to look up the actual... Um, the the plot line. It was 2011, and it was this like a disaster was, movie. Yeah, yeah. It was an underwater cave diving team experiences a life threatening crisis during an expedition. <laughs> so I went and saw this at probably 11 p.m. one night, and that happened to me. I walked up to the snack bar, and you could hear over the like walkie talkies like somebody just bought tickets to Sanctum. <laughs> I was like, great. Now they like I'm keeping someone like from going home at night because I had to go see Sanctum in 3d at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday or whatever it was. But, uh, Ian Gruffled in that movie or Grufford. Mm-hmm. Um, My favorite Ian, mm-hmm. the best, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Fantastic that we've ever had or seen yeah. by far. Actually My favorite true. Ian spelled yeah, actually true. Actually true. Um, so, all that to say, theater etiquette. Guys, please have courtesy for other theater goers. I'm pretty sure they were just trolling me, though. Like, who who does that? And this was a guy, this is probably a 19-year-old guy with a girl. Like, would you? why would you want to sit right next to the only other person in the theater? I don't understand. I, I mean, that's not me, but uh, teach his own, again. So, um, it took maybe, I don't know four minutes for me to be out on the circle once it started. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know who was in it. Um, I feel like I made my thoughts and feelings on Emma Watson pretty clear in Beauty and the Beast, but in case you haven't heard or didn't listen to that episode, uh, I can make them clear again. Um, Not a fan. Don't think she's good at acting. Don't necessarily find her attractive. And uh, not sure why she has the admiration that she does, and um, I'd be surprised if she got any big, huge movies 
after things like this. Like the, these are the mov- types of movies that expose her for what she really is, right? For the <laughs> what she can really bring to the table, which is absolutely nothing. And um, she can't carry a movie. She's not a movie star. I'll say that. Not a movie star. Um, yeah. And that's about it. So, I mean, you don't. She she doesn't have that uh, the charisma or that kind of fire that makes you want to like she's the Jennifer uninteresting. Lawrence. The, the Jennifer she's Lawrence, like you, you're screen. always curious yeah. about what she's thinking or what she's doing, and uh, has that kind of persona or attitude. She's 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 stiff as a board to me. She yeah. she, I mean, it, it's so robotic how she talks and acts. <laughs> I mean, it's it's shocking, honestly, that she's gotten as far as she has. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. She was cast in Harry Potter when she was like 10 years old. Okay. So no one for a 10 year old, she's, she's fine. But the problem is her acting skills haven't improved since she was a 10 year old, right? She's the, (laughs) it's like if Jake Lloyd was still doing movies and he was still like, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. Like, well, you're 49, but, uh, why are you still, you know, doesn't. I don't know. Sand's not that bad, Jake. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> that was an, that was uh, Hayden, but uh, okay. I know, but it all blends. Yeah, it's well, the same. It's the same. <laughs> it is the same. Um, DUIs aren't that bad. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't in on um, on Emma Watson. Yeah. Uh, not really in on this concept, guys. You know what this is? It's very easy. This is the worst episode of Black Mirror of all time. This is just the. <laughs> Yeah, what it's trying to be, I can see what it's trying to do, and uh, you know, I, I this was a popular novel or book series mm-hmm. or whatever. So I understand how somebody or a studio could think that you know this has got a built-in audience and everything. And when you add up the cast that they were able to get through this, I can see why they would do this. But uh, James Ponsolt, Ponsolt, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, who we know from the Spectacular now. Just, just stop. Just stop. Uh, the end of the tour was fine. You know, that's like your one saving grace. The fact that you made. Have that you seen happen. Smashed? I've not seen Smashed. Smashed uh, is good too. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's too. Well, I like the spectacular now a lot. So to me, he's three for four. Okay, fair enough. I didn't mind the spectacular now, but I didn't like it. Richard, and... did you see the cup in there? <laughs> like, that's what I was going to say. You know, when we got to me, I was going to say, you know, Ponsold is, is is certainly someone we've seen potential out of. He's made a few good movies. He's made <laughs> some bad movies. But the fact that he turned down the cup in this film, who's clearly right for the John Boyega character. And I understand <laughs> the momentum of Star Wars and I understand the momentum of you know studio pressure and all of these things, but the cup was built for that role, and the fact that you came up with him and he in, a, in some senses made you as a director in a spectacular <laughs> now, and that you turn your back on that left me cold going into the film, and quite frankly, I did I never recovered. Is it just me, or did this movie not get advertised at all? Yeah, I didn't. I think studio kind of knew what what it had on its hands and you see that you know it did not do well with critics it didn't make any money i i had seen some advertising for it earlier on in the in the the run i guess i i kind of think once they saw the finished film they thought oh no we we don't have anything we don't have anything here (laughs) yeah yeah guys let's play a little game how much money do you think this cost to make 
Oh, good question. Um, I, you know what? I know this. So I'm going to absolve myself. I'm going to yeah, say, I, I'm going to say like 50 million. 50? 5 zero? Yeah. Okay. Brian? Yeah, I saw earlier. I was surprised at the budget. Uh, it, yeah. it, it caught me by surprise. Yeah. What 18 million. That's it? Wow. Yeah. Well, it's not even. So it'll make, make money. No, I don't know. Oh, we're, it'll, it'll make worldwide. worldwide it, will. it will. It's got Tom Hanks, dude. Yeah, that's true. It'll it'll come out ahead when it's all said and done. But it it didn't. It it debuted number five this week behind How to Be a Latin Lover and an Indian film that I'm not I'm not gonna try to pronounce because I can't do it. And and Boss Baby and of course Fate of the Furious. So like it didn't <laughs> didn't exactly uh, didn't exactly crash the box office, did it? And it's sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So sixteen percent and a dropping. So it's good. It's good. It's what you want what you want look i read the book um i andrew have you read this book am i the only mm-hmm. one yeah you're the only one i've got okay. it sitting here at my desk i'm start it tomorrow yeah oh, look this, it's uh, it's good way to go into it <laughs> yeah it's much better than the movie so look it's it's an interesting <laughs> book um i really enjoyed uh three-fourths of it the the last act is grading and a little bit frustrating and once i figured out what was going to happen like it's a book to me that you could tell at a certain point you get to you get to a point where you can tell there's no other way for this to turn but this specific way in which it does and so once i had that figured out i thought i don't i don't know i'm kind of disinterested i don't really care anymore and moreover i i think the biggest problem with the book i thought it would make a good movie having seen this movie what i think it could have been is it like a six episode netflix series or something like that but with a better director and a completely different uh leading actress because i dude i'm with you can't like i i boy boy i was not nearly as harsh on emma watson in beauty and the beast as as you were but i thought that she was probably the biggest problem i love harry potter i thought i always defended her as an actress in those films and i thought she got better as she mm-hmm. went i think that she could be a decent supporting actor she was good in like the bling ring which yeah. was i think the first thing she did right after harry potter that and perks of being a wildflower yeah. yeah 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 i think she has that kind of capability and i like her off screen i know she's kind of like the face of of feminism for a lot of people and that's great i'm all for it i do not like her on screen i just she's not <sighs> This she was not good in this from a performance she's, standpoint. She's not good. She's yeah, very bad. She's very very century. bad. <laughs> she's very very bad. But I, to me, the more the more damning thing is that she's not interesting. She's very dull on screen and lifeless. And that you can't. I just don't know how you can be a leading a leading man, a leading lady, and not have. I mean, look, we we kind of the world decided that Jeremy Renner could not be a leading man. <laughs> and Jeremy Renner is so much more interesting, not to mention an exceptionally much, much better actor <laughs> than Emma Watson is. She, she was awful, awful in this movie. And I, yeah. I think you combine that with uh, the, the pay. I, I tweeted, I said the pacing in this movie is the worst I've ever seen. And I, I stand by that. I, I cannot, there's not, Oh man, there's so much in the book, and and again, I don't I don't love the book. I think I'm I may have recommended it on here when I read it, but it was a it was a fairly casual 
recommend. It's it's worth reading. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, you know, I'm not going to write home about it or anything. Um, but there's a lot that could have been brought to the surface here within the book. There's a lot of different plot points. There's a lot of development of characters and settings. And I understand it's a 500-page book. You can't bring all of that to the screen. You could do better than this, though. Like, it just... <laughs> it seems like a hundred scenes that are almost completely disconnected. Like it just, it goes, it jumps from, from scene to scene. Here's the thing that's happening. Here's the thing that's happening. There's no development of the characters and there's no development of the circle either. And that to me is the biggest issue beyond Emma Watson's horrible acting is just like, it's, it's like, what is the circle? Yeah. What is the circle? That's never defined. It's not (laughs) in, in, and you don't, what's maybe worse kid is like you said, like, what is the circle? After five minutes, did you even care? And that, I I didn't. I mean, I I just, it was, the circle is supposed to be this all-encompassing thing that's like, what if Facebook was 10 times more important than it is now? And instead, you're just like, I don't, it's just, this just seems like a very, like the most millennial think tank sort of company ever. And that's not, I don't know, man. It was just, it wasn't interesting. So, um, So Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, Andrew, go ahead. I'll 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 continue later. Go ahead. All right. First of all, you guys realize this is the last Bill Paxton movie, right? Mm. I didn't. I was I was hoping it wasn't the last. I knew it was one of the last. I didn't know it was the last. But that is not. It's not the way you want to go out for sure. No. Now, as bad as Emma Watson was in this movie, there was still one actor who was worse than her, and that was her friend, uh, Mercer. Oh yeah, uh, Coltrane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the kid from Boyhood. He yeah, was he's not an actor. He's just horrible. Not an actor. Yeah. Uh, and Emma Watson looks like she knows she's in a thriller before anyone else does. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, very, it, yeah. in all the scenes with her and the, the meetings or whatever, she's just looking like, okay, I know something bad's about to happen. Like, I know they're evil. And the movie doesn't actually give us any information on whether or not Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt are actually evil. No, no. The only thing we have to go on is, uh, John Boyega's like one throwaway line. Uh, just like, Oh, you think the Senator investigation was a coincidence? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And it's so rushed too. like that. I mean, I knew that was coming because I read the stinking book, but that comes out of nowhere. If you didn't read the book, <laughs> there is, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for y'all, but there's no way that you could have thought, <laughs> Like, why? Why is this happening right now? Like, why am why are we all of a sudden being like, hey, by the way, the circle is evil. You, you can't trust the circle. It's just like, well, can you give me one example before? Can we give me like one line of dialogue to to build up to that that giant reveal that completely changes the course of the, of the whole entire movie in one one? I, I just like, what are we doing here, guys? That's that is awful filmmaking. It it felt like it was trying to be the next step of the Truman Show. You know, the yeah, uh, you got Ed TV, Truman Show, and then this. It's supposed to be satire of some sort, but it, mm-hmm. yeah. But the thing about the Truman yeah. Show is, is that movie came out at a time where it wasn't, the world wasn't like that. The, uh, that was just, that was a projection of a world, like what, totally. what it would Great be. Point, you know what I mean? Yep. Every point that they make in the circle, 
everything's like that. Like, well, what if we had cameras everywhere and everybody, everything was seen by everybody? Well, it's already like that. Everybody has a, <laughs> literally carries a camera with them at all times. You know, like name one big thing that's happened in the news that that fifty thousand people haven't shared on Twitter or posted pictures of or sent them. To, you know what I mean? This is a world we currently live in, not a world that, if we aren't careful, we'll end up in, if that makes sense. You know, like, uh, they also say, well, what, what, if, uh, what if they could just log into the circle and then vote, and everybody was <laughs> voters? Well, they're already doing, they're going to do that with Facebook. Like, they've said that they're going to be able to make it in the next election where you can vote through Facebook. And so these are already things that are reality. So there's no... There's nothing to fear here. It's just a weird kind of it's just a it's just a weird example of what could happen, but I don't see anything like it's not it's not happening right now, so how is it going to happen eventually? Does that make you know what I mean? Does that make sense at all? Yeah. It it there was nothing that scared me about it because okay, we're already living in this world and we're not like this, so what's the point? What are you trying yeah. to say about? It? There's no they don't there's no commentary on it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's annoying. massively lost in the translation from book to like the book annoyed me at times because of how heavy it was with this is a terrible world that we're about to live in. And this is like the exact opposite of it. It's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, OK, we we have all these things. I have Facebook Live on my phone right now. Like it's all yeah. it is literally the exact same thing. I, it, man, there's so much if i was dave eggers i would be furious about the way that my book has been brought to when was the, the book screen. written it came out in 2014 i think i could be wrong on that let me 2013 2013 so and it's a fine book and it it has you know technology has jumped significantly since then and it is the book plays a lot more towards 1984 than whatever this is the movie i and yeah. you know it had a lot to say there's a lot of it wasn't satire it was cautionary tale it was <laughs> like man this is terrible things that could be happening and it, and it hit it like i said i think it hit it too hard at times um but it didn't that doesn't play out that doesn't yeah. play out on the screen uh, at all my my wife said when uh the two uh, assistants were telling her oh you're not on you're not on our social network you gotta you gotta do that you gotta be a, a part of the team you know it's optional but you really have to do it that uh she's leaned in and said you know this is it's not creepy enough to be a thriller yeah but it's too creepy to be a black comedy yeah that's that's exactly <laughs> right they very early on like, I, this is I comedic think, well look no, i think you could go comedic. one way or the other no it's not right. i think no I think it, you could have gone one way or the other you could have you could have gone all in and made it uh, cultish and made it really creepy and and sinister, or you could have tried to play it like how would the Coen Brothers write this script? You know, like try to try to take it in a dark comedic tone. Um, and that was a perfect example, Andrew. Like when those two assistants are talking to her, to me in the book that comes across like it came across as so absurd as to be funny, but in kind of a creepy way. And in the movie, it's just like, well, this is just this is stupid and this is it's not there's no sense of tone or reality or uh, or identity there and so you just you know it just falls limp and that's you know that's just a metaphor for the entire freaking movie i i will also say there were some really cool shots that made me think there was more to the movie like uh when she's talking about stealing the canoe there's a shot where tom hanks is on the stage 
and Patton Oswalt is barely visible just in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. And like the idea that Patton Oswalt is a some kind of puppet master would be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just never fulfilled that promise of like something interesting happening with the villains. Yeah. I'd like to see the script for this for from from uh, inception to, you know, to reality and just see how it got pared down. Because there's. I mean, like I said, I just feel like every scene, every scene feels like it's 90 seconds long and it's barely connected to the one before and the one after. And that doesn't help you build any sort of feeling for what's actually taking place or, or any sort of agenda or or sinister plan or or any of that it's it man it's just such it's such a miss man on every yeah. level well, yeah did anyone Richard, else notice how much adr there was adr oh i did yeah it was yeah it was so poorly edited um i had to actually look this up but i thought the music was terrible in the movie <laughs> danny danny elfman did the score to this it is so bad it's like they, they handed him a synthesizer and like, you ever seen one of these? He's like, nope. And they're like, too bad. This movie's about technology. You're going to be using a lot of it. And he just tried to do like this social networky kind of digital score and it doesn't work at all. And it doesn't stop. Like as part of the pacing you were talking about, Brian, I mean, part of it is the yeah, score just keeps going on and on beat. and on. Yeah. And you never get it, can take a breath. Like yeah, it's, it's just kind of like drive. Through. Yeah. yeah. It's just flying, but not good. Yeah, uh, Richard, you haven't chimed in at all. Any thoughts on this movie? Well, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, to, to kind of echo what Brian said, you know, I, 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 I love Emma Watson too. I thought she was great in the Harry Potter movies, and and I'm interested was she was the most interesting of those three actors uh, to me going forward. Um, and then. I'm on the Rupert Grant bandwagon, but go ahead. I <laughs> know you always have been, though. That's what that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is. you didn't get a tattoo. Yeah. You got a tattoo, not for no reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, you know, I was interested in, in so beating the beast. I realized she she may be a fine actress. She's been fine in some smaller things, um, but I don't know if she's a movie star because she doesn't really have. We talked about this. Doesn't really have that charisma to lead. You know, if you can't really lead in the in the Disney apparatus. Um, then oh you know because they they really set you up for success in a film like that and she was she was adequate in it right but a hundred actresses could have been as good right mm-hmm. and so um and and but she played the part that's fine but after watching this i'm like oh no she might not be a very good <laughs> actress yeah. Yeah. and look again as much as something like being the beast sets you up for success this movie set her up for failure because it's it's not a very good script and there's not very good performances in it and the the pacing is as brian mentioned uh, terrible. Um, it's and and Ponsold is a is a is a frustrating uh, filmmaker. <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. at least he's made he's not a terrible filmmaker. I'm not going to go that far because he has made a few good things. Kind of like we talked with is Blomkamp a, a terrible filmmaker? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's made he's made a good movie. Can you be terrible and have made a good movie or two? You know who knows. Uh, so but all that being said, and and Andrew, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I appreciate uh, you you listening to the show, and um. And all that, but don't you dare set on my game show corner <laughs> because we're about to play America's favorite game show. How long I'm- did Richard make it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we're gonna start with our guest because I'm a I'm a I like to welcome people. Andrew. Yeah. How long? Run, do you think Run time I of the movie: an hour yes. fifty minutes. 
Hour okay. 50 on the film. How long did Richard make it? Dun, dun. I'm, I'm going to guess the exact scene you left, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. When her friend comes in and says, they sent me death threats. Okay. Mm. Death threats. Um, that's a solid guess. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you don't care about form or rules because I asked how long I made it. That's how we yeah, play. Twenty-seven minutes. Okay, twenty-seven minutes. That is early in the film, and I can mm-hmm. say I saw that scene. So you're out. Okay. All right, Brian. Uh, I'm going to go with a solid forty minutes. Mm. <laughs> forty minutes. Impressive. I'm going to take. It's been a while since we played this game, by the way, because Richard's getting better. Year. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. better. Yeah, I'm getting better. <laughs> Kent? Kent? One dollar, Bob. You're going to sub 27? I'll go the under. I'll go 39 minutes. Okay. All right. So our winner of how long did Richard make it, also known as how long did Richard last in Japan, is Brian Gill, because I lasted exactly one hour. Oh man, you made it way longer than I thought. Gosh, yeah, it was a kudos to you. Sir, it was a seven oh five tip off. Forty minutes, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I was took everything I had. It was a seven oh five tip off, and the movie actually started at seven fifteen, and I walked out at eight fifteen. Incredible, nice. nice. <laughs> you had more. So you didn't see the amazing ending. <laughs> By the way, no. you, you said an hour fifty minutes. Anybody else? But I'm... way too long. Way no, too yeah. long for this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, and still crushed the entire movie. Like that's that's what I'm talking about. It was tiring to watch. It actually was physically oh tiring yeah. to watch this. Um, you mentioned the spectacular now earlier. What I actually like liked about the spectacular now is because I felt like at least the relationship between Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller was at least believable. Like I believed in their. That they could be and a couple cup, or, or everything. The cup and, carried that film, Ken. I mean, no. And don't. the cup was filled with actual alcohol, which is believable. <laughs> um, method. It was very method. But I didn't believe in any of this. I didn't. I didn't Strasburg's believe school. in the parents. I didn't believe there was no relationships in this movie. <laughs> um, they really try with Karen Gillan and. <laughs> And Emma Watson, oh but it fit like I don't know what her deal was where she like turns into a zombie at the end or something. I don't know what <laughs> what was that what was the deal with that? How do, how does that set up in the book? Uh she's she's doing more and more. So they she alludes to the fact that she's in this thing called the Gang of Forty, which is like the forty most influential people within the company. Gotcha. And she's just as the, the the book goes, she's just be she's getting more and more involved in uh, more extensive and shadier business, and so there's like you know the scene where she gets where Emma Watson chases her through the quad uh, <laughs> at the circle. That had been set up for a long time within the book of like they'd been getting further and further apart because she can't, Annie can't be around May and her transparent camera because no one can know what kind of business <laughs> Annie is up to basically, and she's just you know taking speed and traveling to europe all the time it's it's it was not well not brought to the screen very well shockingly uh as the rest of this film is so tight and fantastic yeah you you spoke of the pacing earlier and and a lot of it has to do with the 
fact that scene by scene, I mean, the emotions change so rapidly. I mean, yeah. we can have this really positive scene, like Tom Hanks is giving this big, you know, speech about the success of the circle, and he's like, what if we could all be connected? What if we could all communicate just by having this small device? By the way, my son has cerebral palsy. And you're just yeah. like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. it just like, what is happening? You know, I was so yeah. happy just now. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Um, it yeah, really, that, it, that's the most, for me as a reader of the book, that was the most frustrating part is that um, in the book, you know, Eamon Bailey is really, he's like a Walt Disney character. He's, he's very, he's extremely likable and um, has all these great things to say and he's fun and you, he's, he comes across as very, he's very charismatic in the book. He's Steve and Jobs. You, yeah, but nice, but not, not <laughs> pretend, not autistic. You know, I mean like he's, he's much more of an enjoyable presence. He's got like a father figure sort of sense to him and that's you know that that makes him interesting and then you have i, I hear tom hanks is going to play him like that's perfect and i actually thought tom hanks was fine in the movie i don't think he was great or anything but he was he was fine uh as was Patton oswald i can't really complain about what they did on screen but just how they are used but every those those dream friday sequences are such a huge part of the book <laughs> and in the movie they're just they're rushed through so ridiculously that you can't you, you're totally right Kinley. you get this like here's my big speech on how we could be cool by the way my kid almost died and you're just like but that doesn't that's not how that's not how we can play things out very well guys like we could figure out a better way to say that we could make that seem more natural as it would have to in order for him to inspire that sort of devotion from his people and it was a real I can't blame Hanks, except that Hanks also helped produce this movie. So there was Gosh. some decisions somewhere in there <laughs> had to at least pass through his office, not if true. not by his desk. And that Brian, bums me out. Uh, and I appreciate you trying to bang, bring facts to it. But this movie was actually not produced by Tom Hanks. It was produced by Larry Crown. <laughs> so just small correction there. Thanks, man. Appreciate by the way, um, just, a, just a guesstimate here. Tom Hanks' net worth, four hundred million. Worth it. Good worth every grief. Original American treasure. Four hundred million for Tom Hanks. Yeah. Wow. He needs yeah. a hit, though, guys. He he. This next movie of his is is a Steven Spielberg movie, and then he's got Toy Story four. He needs those to be good because we're looking at the Circle and Inferno. And Sully underachieved big time with uh, with uh, the you know, awards and whatnot. Even though it made a lot of money from old people, a hologram for the king. Like this, not this is easily the worst run of Tom Hanks's illustrious career. Just stay away from like Dave Eggers' books. Yeah, this kind of stuff is just not it's not popping. That's he kind of uh, he was. I don't know. Captain Phillips was good. Bridge of Spies yeah. like that. Um, did you see that Carly Rae Jepsen video he did? That was funny. <laughs> I'm serious. You should see that. I haven't, really, but now I will. It's it, really awesome. It was really good. Yeah. Um, that's good. I mean, he'll be fine. He's over two on Dave Eggers books though. Yeah. If he does, uh, you know, what was the one? Not a supposedly fun thing. I'll do his skin. That's Foster Wallace. The, uh, heartbreaking work of staggering genius next. Then he's going to go over three. 
yeah. on the yeah. on the Eggers front. Leave it alone. Yeah. Well, um, how do we think this ended? How do how, and this is probably <laughs> the worst part. Um, how do we think it ended? By the way, she like volunteers for this program where she's going to broadcast herself all the time. You know, uh, again, something else that people already do all the time. People <laughs> do daily video vlogs and blogs and people are live streaming their entire lives all the time. And it's never gotten to this point. You know what I mean? It's never been an issue. Why would it be an issue with the circle? You know, I guess it's because of the people at the helm or whatever, you know, but. And they missed an opportunity to make Hanks slightly sinister by just saying, oh, your father's getting all this medical stuff. It would be a shame if that stopped. Yeah, and I think that is in the book, if I'm remembering correctly. I think he plays that card. I heard, though, and this might go to the Hanks Brewster thing, and I know it goes against everything we we know. but and, and we stand for on the show, but I've heard Hanks like Cruz is very, very purposeful about not ever being totally evil. Mm, sure. And, uh, and is very, very, uh, is, you know, is into, into that. So, so that might've been a, tr- that, that, like you said, Brian, it may be in the book, but that might've been, Hey, I'll do the movie, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be that. Sure. Mm. Cause he's America's sweetheart. You know, there's, there's mm. money to be made. I yeah. So what, what movie was he most evil in? Road to Perdition, maybe? Yeah, that's as close as he came, I would say. Oh, that or Apollo 13. I hate yeah. His haircut in the Da Vinci Code movies is pretty evil. <laughs> <laughs> Cloud Atlas, I mean. Yeah. Go. The Lady Killers is pretty evil, too. <laughs> for being totally honest. But, yeah. yeah. I'm not worried about Hanks. Hanks is Hanks. But you can't, look, look I'm, not, I'm not worried about him, but he, he look. He, he how old is he? He, pr- he promoted this with a straight face. I think Richard said that earlier. Yeah. Him and yeah. Pat Oswalt promoted this with a completely straight face. <laughs> I know and they're professionals, but I mean, do you really have to to be like that and say I'm really mm. proud of this? And John Boyega too. John Boyega mm. couldn't have been on the set for more than four and a half days. Oh my you gosh! Know? <laughs> it, it Either that, there. or there is like an entire vault full of cut scenes with him. Yeah. I, I what? Yeah. Why can't this is one of my it's not his fault. This is not his fault. Why cast John Boyega or literally anyone that you've ever even seen in a movie before and pay them whatever John Boyega got paid to do this if you're going to put him in four scenes and then just have him kind of stand in the background and three or four others. That's like I just I kept waiting for well, I wasn't waiting for it. Once he drops that first line about, hey, by the way, the circle's evil, I was like, oh, okay, I know how this is gonna go because that's a much different thing. In the book, he plays a much a much more significant role. He's one of he's the creator of the circle, and they don't it's like that never that never even comes across beyond him like literally saying, Oh, by the way, I created the circle. There's nothing to give you any reason or any thought as to like what he's even doing in the movie or what purpose he serves. Just, I, I don't know, man. Why, why, why cast him? Why bother? Just get some random actor off the street, and that could have been the exact same, and he probably would have been better than M. Watson. I, it's, it's, I don't get it, man. You know what I kind of hated too, and this is a very small complaint, is were, were the graphics that came up when people were commenting all the time. I just, I just didn't like that. I don't know why. It's it reminded me of draft day. You know, <laughs> it, it's just, 
Uh, I mean, that yeah. won't age well. And I don't know. I just, I just didn't like that aesthetic. I, I could see why they went, went that because that's the only kind of special effect they have in the movie. But I didn't like it. By the way, how's Uber not sued the pants off this movie for stealing the logo for the circle? Have you seen the Uber <laughs> logo on your phone? It's the exact same yeah. as the as the circle. Oh well, maybe this is a satire about Uber. <gasps> oh, I don't. Know. I mean, the scene where L.R. Coltrane drives off the bridge. <laughs> I mean, it's laughable. It was honestly yeah. laughable how that was executed and how that went down. Um, I mean, almost, no, not almost. None of this works in any mm-hmm. way. Uh, it doesn't say anything about anything, and it was just a colossal waste of my time and money. So that's not what you want. Uh, and by the way, audiences on CinemaScore gave this a D plus. Mm-hmm. So not good. Not a good yeah. for a D. 17% currently on Rotten Tomatoes, which means that 17% of critics recommended this, which is even a bigger concern yeah, than the uh, 83% that uh, did yeah. not recommend it. 11 yeah. fresh reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. To put this in perspective, Batman versus Superman got a B in CineScore. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean... Mm. Fantastic Four got one too, I believe. The only thing I can see people not recommending this for, but not giving it a negative review is that it's so convoluted and trying to do so much and say so much that some people will probably think it's super profound, you know? And it's, a, yeah, that, yeah. Well, I don't really get it, but you know, it's uh it's, it's saying a lot about, you know, our relationship with technology. Well, it's trying to do that, but it doesn't do that. And if it leaves you confused at the end, it's probably because it was bad, not because it's so profound that you can't, you don't understand its message, you know? So, yeah, I think you're right. I'm looking at, I'm just kind of browsing the reviews, and there's a lot of, I think that's kind of what it is. But man, there's, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get some of these positive reviews. I, I feel like we may have seen completely different movies. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I understand like the concept of this has something. It does have something to say. It certainly doesn't say it well at all. Like even to where you feel like you're speaking the same language. But I get the idea that like. It's, it's trying to say something, but you you can't you can't just give it credit for uh, <laughs> you can't just give it credit for its its general <laughs> concept when its execution is so bad. I boy, boy oh boy, I don't know, man, I don't know. Variety gave it a a, a positive review. Kurt Loder gave it a positive review. Like whoa, these are, whoa. I don't know. Owen Gleiberman is is one of the more respected critics in in the industry, and and he gave it a. The blurb is the circle is a swankly sinister little mind teaser of a thriller. I, <laughs> what? Man, I don't, I don't see that. Thriller? I don't see that at what all. Was thrilling. It, it's really a thriller. It's, a, it's just strange. I, like I said, I, I, I would, I think you're right, Ken. I think people are giving it credit for eh, its concept, maybe, or it's what it's wanting to say. But it, boy, you just, I can't do it. I can't, I can't give something. A, I don't know. I, I, I digress. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I will recommend, though, before we hit grades, uh, I mentioned Black Mirror. There's an episode called Nosedive of Black Mirror, the latest season on Netflix, Series 3, that stars Bryce Dallas Howard and Alice Eve, which mm-hmm. is about a social network that um, basically you rate each other 
you rate every interaction you have with somebody, right? So say Brian and I go and have a lunch, you know, uh, I could leave and then therefore rate the lunch or rate Brian on a one to five, right? How good was the lunch? How good was the experience? And uh, it's an actual social network on the show and everybody kind of is a part of it. But uh, Bryce Dallas Howard keeps getting bad ratings and it like ruins her life. And it's mm. like the most, it says way more about our, our connection to social media yeah, than sure. this ever did. I mean, five mm-hmm. minutes of that says more than this and it's 63 minutes. So if you kind of liked yeah. the circle and liked, you know, maybe you would want to explore more stuff in that vein, but that says a lot more, check out that yeah. episode. It is what this movie wanted to be for sure. The, the movie, the circle reminded me of the movie, the internship with uh, Vince Vaughn <laughs> and Owen Wilson, except way, way worse and trying to be a thriller. And if it's worse than the internship, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. So nosedive no, the episode no, of black sure. mirror. Check that out. And also Mr. Robot, good TV show. Mm, also yes. orphan black, another good TV show that talks about, uh, kind of our relationship mm. with technology and it's, Side effects. You know, okay. this was an episode of Community too. <sighs> Remind me. Uh, yeah, it was the Yahoo season of Community. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, they've got the guy who made Arrested Development on there, and they make a. Yeah, it turns into like a dystopic future. Okay. Based solely on apps. Nice. And yeah. uh, how much everyone loves you. Yeah, it that's a big player in the in the book. I I, I don't want to be I don't want to be the book is better than the movie guy. This is a one-time <laughs> thing. Sorry. Uh but the you know early on in the in this movie when she plugs in at, at least her third screen, like it's in the book she has like 14 screens and they make a big deal out of it and it's really funny but uh or darkly funny anyway, but one of the big features in the book is her popularity score that those two ridiculous assistants talk to her about and it's a long a long piece of the book is her trying to i mean completely obsessing over that and trying to build up her popularity score and they the movie and it's just i don't know like a microcosm of this whole movie it plays that up like it's going to be a really important thing and focuses it on the screen and shows that her ranking is like below ten thousand and all this sort of stuff and then it only touches on it very briefly like with one glimpse of a screen 20 minutes later and that's it like well that could that should have been that's a huge portion of the book it's something that lends a lot to understanding and the development of that character and you just completely punted on it so i don't know great work there okay so let's hit some recommends i mean uh some grades and then some recommends i'm gonna give this the patented (laughs) patent pending uh f minus 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 for the circle first this year i believe yeah uh brian yeah i'm going f as well this is the easily the worst movie we've seen this year I, power rangers was bad power rangers is a like an a plus movie compared to oh this. yeah my gosh this was boy this is uh there's a lot of <laughs> this is a waste of time and money and i i i don't know i don't even know how i, I just i don't even understand how it got to this point like it should not should not have been possible for it to have been this uh, this atrocious. So, F for me, Richard. How about you? You know what? I don't do this often. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pay Kent the two hundred dollars, and I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. F minus Thanks. minus minus minus. Good. 
Andrew, how about you, man? Uh, so I mentioned earlier my media blackout thing. I, I did the same thing for this. Uh, I knew nothing going in except an unfortunate run-in on Rotten Tomatoes to see how bad it was. Um, I, I'm a PhD student, and my time is valuable. And if it was even just a little redeeming, I'd be perfectly happy to have spent my free time relaxing and watching a movie. I'm angry. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've got to go F. Should we Should we just uh, start trolling James Ponsult on Twitter? Just say, <laughs> just you like, at James Ponsult, the circle. Seriously? And just see, you know, just... He he can't get a lot of tweets, and I mean he needs to be he needs to be aware of. I'm sure he's aware. Yeah, actually. it's weird, man. Like we we didn't like spectacular. We're we're Richard and I especially are much harsher on that than anyone else. That's a that's a fresh movie that got a lot of positive buzz. Smashed is a good film. I loved the end of the tour. I thought that was a great movie. So look, maybe this is his. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is his his down moment, and he'll triumphantly return. But. This is uh this is like worse than a student film on the direction side of things and that's that should not happen from somebody of his what should be his caliber anyway. Yep. All right. Well, we've talked about this way too much. Let's move on and uh, hit a recommend then. Weekly recommends. Okay. Andrew, go ahead. I uh I have got two recommends really quick. Uh the first one is uh, a documentary about podcasting called Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. Okay. I've seen um, that. Okay. I haven't watched it, but I've seen uh, seen it on the Instant queue. I think. Yeah. It was uh, kickstarted by podcasters. Uh, a, the comedy film nerds, they have their own podcast. They made this movie, and it's very much about how uh, the podcasting is a community, and it, it's a very good watch i i'd highly recommend it it'll make you happy and hopeful um the other recommend i have is a comedy on tv called trial and error oh yeah yeah it's uh 13 episodes done and quick and it's really funny uh it's serial meets parks and rec yeah it's really funny i've watched three or four episodes of it and um john lithgow is hilarious he's really good in the role has a satisfying ending to the mystery too. Oh, cool! Well, I did not know that. I will check that out. Yeah, yeah okay. it's on Hulu, man. Cool. I'm going to recommend a show that came back this year. It's kind of in the subject of what we talked about tonight. Uh, Silicon Valley back on HBO. Really, really funny. And uh, American Treasure Mike Judge at the helm. Mm. And uh, this cast is really starting to be kind of an iconic comedic cast ensemble and um this this uh season really focuses on dinesh who's my favorite character in the show and uh tj miller a part of it thomas middleditch martin Starr, and uh and uh what's his name from uh from the office zach woods Josh from woods. the office uh he is uh creepy and hilarious too in the show <laughs> And he's the exact character that he, that he was at Gabe in The Office, just in Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's the same exact character. Uh, it's so good. Um, so Silicon Valley, I believe season four it is. 
mm-hmm. premiering this week or last week. I think mean, there's two episodes now on HBO. Really funny show about the tech industry. And uh, check that out. If, you, if you're not on board, get on board and uh, thank me later. Richard. Yeah, I'm, I've been plowing through uh, a show. I was behind on it for whatever reason, and now I've, I've, I've caught up over the last few days and week or so is, is uh, Better Call Saul. So it's uh, mm, yes. and awesome. And uh, I had only seen the first season, so I, I've watched now pretty much two seasons in a few days, and, and it's fabulous. And, and uh, man, what a great... I, that's one of the most like underrated... Not underrated, it's properly rated. But it's such a good universe and uh, mm-hmm. that's an interesting, grounded, but unique uh, place. So, yeah, Better Call Saul, highly recommend for, for all of you out there. Brian, what about you? Gosh, great recommend. I love, I love, love, love Better Call Saul. That's so good. I'm one episode behind. I haven't seen this week's yet, but it's I've seen some people complaining about the slow pace. I don't I don't get it. I love I love the way that they're building. It's storytelling at its finest to me so i'm glad you're catching up i'm going to recommend a book uh it's 15 17 years old but i just read it for the first time there's an audiobook that's unabridged and i highly recommend it as well because it's very well read it's called the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay Isn't that old yeah Is dude that, 2000 wow. 2000 man it so i don't know how i haven't heard of this book i yeah how have you know how am i not really, recommended that to you that was a big i don't know day. that was a yeah big. I, I so like as soon as somebody recommended it to me and i was like oh that sounds interesting and i googled it and or binged it as i do and uh i found you know all these great things about it and i was like i don't i really binged don't understand it. how i uh how i haven't heard of it it won the pulitzer in 2001 yeah. it's fantastic it's by michael shabon uh, it is about uh, two. It's it's set in just before the beginning of it is just before World War Two, or I guess in the midst of World War Two in Europe, but before America has entered the world, the war. It's about um, two cousins who are both Jewish. One is uh, recently come over from Czechoslovakia, and the other is is uh, very uh, uh, New York bound, and they. Uh, Brooklyn bound, excuse me, and they set out to write comic books in the early days of, of the comic book craze, like right after Superman had come out, and it takes you through the next twenty uh, ish years of their lives and the uh, the various things that that take place and the war and uh, their personal lives and all this stuff. It is beautifully written. Uh, seriously, is one of the best. It, it's really one of the best novels I've I've ever read, and uh, it's it's a long read. It's it's quite the endeavor, but it's totally worth it, and uh, I I really enjoyed it. Again, there's an there's an unabridged. It's fairly new unabridged uh, audio book. There had been just a, an abridged version. It's like 26 hours long or something, um, but I I can't recommend it enough. I I, I love listening to it, and and was was hooked on it from uh from the, the first page so it was, it was very good so check that out you if bumped you bumped your have you bumped your speed up yet Are you at 1.25 no, yet no i'm Gosh. too old i can't handle it dude you'll you'll understand in a couple of years uh you can get to 1.25 <laughs> you can do this do it. it's only <laughs> weird for five minutes and then you don't notice i promise you trust me on this this will save your I mean, life i'm at 1.5 guy myself we can't all be heroes it's crazy <laughs> Crazy. So that's called The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Shabon, and it's fantastic, and you should listen to it if, for some reason, you haven't, like me, and you were dumb and didn't realize that it was a thing. By the way, something I forgot to mention about the circle. <laughs> Beck, what the heck are you doing, man? What are you doing, Beck? 
This is Beck. Uh, this is a guy that doesn't that doesn't leave his house. And he gets a call. Hey, man, can you be in the circle? Uh, do I get to play my new song, Dreams? Well, as a matter of fact, you do. Well, Simon, I just could not believe Beck would do that. <laughs> of all the artists that they got, Beck, man. Gosh, mm. I loved you, Beck. I loved you. <laughs> all right. Um, thanks for coming on, Andrew. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can hit me up at, at James Ponsel. Ah, yeah. ah, nice. Got him. Got him. Yep. Uh, cool. Well, where can we find you, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter, Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out next week. Richard, yeah. where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all that good stuff at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you? Online, on Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook at Kent Garrison. And uh, find our show on iTunes, Mad About Movies. Hit subscribe and uh, check out our website. If you uh, want to donate to the show, you can do that on there as well. In the coming weeks, we're going to have more t-shirts. We're setting up a t-shirt uh, system where you're going to be able to buy multiple designs and things like that. I know we only have one design up there. So get it while it's hot because it might not be there for long. And that's a great way to support yourself, support the show. Just buy a t-shirt, wear it to your local Comic-Con, and uh, hang out with the Mam Fam. Okay. Uh, until next week. We'll be talking Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see you. We need it now, man. We need it. <laughs> we, we will see you um, on, a, on a better day, I'm sure, next week <laughs> at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.